definitely human. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It is 1920, the year of Cornelia Cavendish's 60th birthday. Having been reacquainted with her unlikely associates from Drakelow Hall, a thrilling expedition to the opening of a newly discovered Egyptian tomb awaits. Leaving the tribulations of Cairo behind, our heroes look forward to an uneventful voyage down the glorious Nile. But the winds of change bring only chaos and despair in... The Infinite Bad. The Tomb of Resnufis, Part 3 The rickety steamboat creaks and whines as it comes to life. Our heroes are aboard the Nubia, feeling the floorboards on the deck creak and shift as the engine sputters and struggles against the murky water of the Nile. Beside them are their travelling companions, Harold and Rose Clifford, mild, sweating and very English. They greet our heroes warmly, anxious for the relatively familiar company in this strange land. Rose busies herself asking after everyone's health and constitution, in particular how they've been handling the exotic local fare, while Harold has less to say and instead nods vigorously as he shakes each of their hands, then continues nodding vigorously at sundry components of the ship as if he's interrogating the particular line a pipe traces across the side of the boat ultimately finding it to be very much in order. Uh, um, sorry, I'd like to make a strength check. <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's a 15. 15, okay, yeah. Uh, Harold Clifford is in his early 70s. <laughs> so, oh, God. He, he no longer so has years the, to practice a good firm handshake. <laughs> <laughs> he no longer has the physique to really match, um, but he but he tries to match you in enthusiasm. Um, <laughs> I laugh and clap him on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> good to meet you, Harold. And um, Rose, a real delight. <laughs> um, he loses his footing a little bit on the unsteady on the unsteady deck of the ship. Besides the Cliffords are two Egyptians. Uh, one is uh, introduces himself as Jean Selim Abdulaziz. He's a refined-looking man. 
in his mid-thirties, and he wears a crisp, if slightly damp, captain's uniform. And from his accent, uh, you'd guess that he's probably been educated in France. Uh, and then finally, slouching against the railing near the port side of the steamboat is a surly-looking deckhand, uh, sporting a rash of coarse stubble, uh, with a cigarette clutched in his weathered hands. Uh, Jean Céline, the captain, introduces this deckhand as Salah Nakla, with some disdain. How are you holding up, Rose? Sorry, Joy. Mm-hmm. I am white as a sheet and looking very uncomfortable. You're right there, Joy. First time on a boat, is it? Yes, I can always tell. <laughs> no, it's not, actually. I'm very uncomfortable. Rose comes over to you. She doesn't know you, and she's barely met you, but she puts a maternal hand on your shoulder, Joy, and she says, Dear, I, I know this is a very scary land to be in, and it's full of very scary-looking people. And crocodiles. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't look at them, they can't hurt you, dear. Except the crocodiles. <laughs> I'm not scared of the crocodiles. I'm scared of this ship. I'm scared of the water. How deep is the Nile? Oh, oh I, I, it's deep enough that the ship will get through it just fine, dear. She doesn't <laughs> seem to understand you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, deep and dark. No worries there. Says, don't, don't, don't listen to to Sebastian about the crocodiles. There's nothing but water. Just, just water in the Nile. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> It's the biggest river in the world. Oh, no. <laughs> I maybe get her a brandy or something. Oh, please. <laughs> I'm sorry, a warm milk. So um, Harold looks at you, Cornelia, and he says, uh, so, so, Lord Talbot told me that you you were coming, uh, Mrs. Cavendish, but th- these other friends of yours, uh, I-, I hadn't heard them mentioned. Well, it was a bit of a surprise for him, too. <laughs> oh, yes. These are my associates and my ward. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's very good to have a, a good party of people going down to the excavation site. We're visiting our, our son. We're very proud of him, little little Henry. He's made quite a name for himself. You've you've heard of him, of course, in all that. Yeah, absolutely, of course, yes, yes, of course, yes, we I have. have. I shake yes. my head. <laughs> Half an inch in the times he got. Yes, uh, a few years ago. So we were very proud of him. We were very proud of our boy. Wonderful. I'm, I'm sure you are. Just just us, is it? Well, just uh, us uh, us six, I suppose. And then our good uh, good Captain Jean Céline. Should be a bit of fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jean Céline comes forward and he says, uh, Yes, it's a pleasure having you all here. And I will now introduce you to uh, the rest of the ship. And he, he starts taking you down towards... The, this ship is on three stories. It's about 100 feet long. Um, and it looks very rickety, and there's lots of exposed piping and things that are clattering with a metallic sound that probably shouldn't be. Um, mm-hmm. And as he takes you through, uh, he... Sure, this thing will hold up! <laughs> We're not going to sink to the bottom of the Nile, are we? <laughs> uh, as you give a, a, a jocular pound on one of the walls, you can hear a rivet falling out, <laughs> splashing into the water. <laughs> This just makes me laugh louder. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, so Jean Céline uh, shows you around the, the boat. Uh, he shows you to your quarters, which are simple and cramped, but otherwise relatively clean. Um, mm. And besides that, he says, uh, please uh, stay to your own devices. And uh, at awfully early evening, say eight o'clock, nine o'clock, there will be uh, a reception in the dining room. Um, a tour! <laughs> a tour of the ship? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as you can 
he's basically left you uh, to go back up to the, I guess, the captain's room. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, on the water level of the ship, on the first story of the ship, there's the dining room, which you can see is just a, a fancy name for the mess hall of it. There's a long table on it, uh, which is covered with a variety of oily rags and uh, buckets and, and hammers and things like that. It looks like it's been used as a makeshift crafting table. Mm-hmm. Um, besides that, uh, further down, there's uh, two small lavatories, uh, and then there's a narrow kind of spiral staircase at the back made of wrought iron that takes you up to the second and then the third story of the boat. I'd like to go around just sort of like testing how sturdy the boat is by just like hitting it in various places. <laughs> <laughs> mm, interesting. So, I would like to take Joy up to the very top level so we can look <laughs> out over the Nile. <laughs> so Joy, make her will save at this point. <laughs> Ten. Ten. Okay, uh, so you gain ten dread uh, from from Sebastian's insistent poundings, and it, it, the ship does indeed look very, very rickety. Um, and as you follow Cornelia, do you follow Cornelia up the? I come, the child, stage? come! Uh, I see the Great British Empire. It's <laughs> boring. Um, I follow Cornelia, but I really want to check the lifeboats and <laughs> to see how sturdy they are. And- don't worry, Joy. I can say with absolute certainty that this ship will not sink. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> okay, so you go up to the top of the ship now, and uh, you can look out onto the Nile. You can see uh, the expanse of Cairo slowly receding um, into into the horizon as you start going deeper south. Uh, looking around frantically for signs of life preservers or, or lifeboats or anything like that, you can see there is some rigging uh, upon which a lifeboat may have once hung. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it, for some reason, someone had need of it. So <laughs> it's no longer there. Um, and besides that, you don't see many other many other safety features. At this height on the steamboat, the wind is whipping at your hat, Cornelia, and you have to hold it on your head. And what sort of time is it? Mm. Uh, so at this point, it's about midday. So it's okay. very, very hot out on the deck of the ship. Is there refreshments? Uh, Alcoholic refreshments? You, well, yes. So there, <laughs> uh, refreshments. There is a crate of warm white wine that has Excellent. been left out near the dining room. Uh, and you assume that this is what Jean Céline was planning on offering you at the at the dinner reception, <laughs> um, but half the crate has been left in the sun, so it, it, the wine is literally hot, and the other half is oh. like a know. crack open a bottle, pour myself a glass, have a cigarette, sit on the deck. Great. Uh, what can uh, we see from where we are? I get join. I'm looking out over the vista. <laughs> So there's the muddy brown expanse of the Nile, basically, in front of you. Uh, you can see various little kind of fishing boats and canoes plying their trade within the relative vicinity of Cairo. Um, but very quickly, within an hour or so of just being um, out on the deck, it's it's you're in the open expanse of desert, basically. I mean, you can see the, the area near the Nile uh, is, is relatively fertile, and you can see reeds and marshy kind of... Uh, expanses stretching from it but you can see already in the horizon in the distance sandy dunes starting to rise um, into into the sky. Dorothy what are you doing on this on this boat? Well I think I'm probably with Joy and Cornelia um, just because Joy seems like she might faint at any moment Mm -hmm. so I feel like 
You need to be on hand. Be, yeah, I'm just going to be there, just ready. Great. So the rest of the day um, passes relatively une- uneventfully. Um, you have, uh, throughout the rest of the day, you, you've been drinking, Sebastian? Uh, yeah, not uh, not too much. Just sort of enjoying my <laughs> horrible warm white wine. <laughs> so Harold and Rose Clifford join you um, at the on the deck uh, and believing this to be the best thing possible to do. They, they start drinking quite heavily themselves. They don't really pace themselves. And so when it comes to the evening and Jean-Celine calls everyone in for the reception, uh, they're a little bit too chatty, a little bit too tipsy. Uh, this, I presume, delights you, Sebastian. Absolutely, yes. I've got my arms around both their shoulders. We're laughing gaily. <laughs> Um, but but yeah, Jean Salim is trying to impress uh, all six of you with tales of his travels and uh, and what he did during the war and all those kinds of things. Uh, oh, and then he says he's been to a place. I tried to find a place more obscure than <laughs> to have been from. Um, yes, and uh, make an intelligence check. Eighteen. You win that game, and uh, he <laughs> runs out of places before you do, uh, and and it just kind of drifts into an awkward silence. And he says, "Well, well, that, that sounds like a, a very interesting travel, Mrs. Cavendish." Yes. Have you ever been to Cornwall? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely place, very exotic. Um, and then for your evening meal, you're served a very simple uh, meal of fried fish and a thick green viscous soup. It's supposedly made from okra, um, but it's it's really just looks like sewage slime. Um, <laughs> but apparently it's a local delicacy. So I and... drink hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I drink pretty hard. light. <laughs> uh, Dorothy? Yeah, I guess I'll have the soup. Yeah. Got to keep my strength up, I suppose. And yeah, I'm not drinking either. I feel like drinking in like a high heat situation, <laughs> like where you're already possibly dehydrated, is couldn't feel better. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, Dorothy is not drinking and feeling a little sanctimonious about that decision. <laughs> <laughs> and Joy, are you drinking? Are you eating the fish? Are you eating the soup? Um, I push the bowl away in disgust and just. From feeling so sick and anxious, I'm not going to eat anything. Um, I study the wine, trying to decide if it's a good idea or not to kind of delve into that. But then go ahead, decide. girl. <laughs> <laughs> <Vaunt> it. <laughs> Cornelia, how many how many glasses in are you at this point? A number. <laughs> I've got to a point where I'm just really docile now, and I'm sort of hunched up in my chair, like just smiling at nothing in particular. <laughs> it's like, mm, yes, okay, I grab the bottle and pour myself a glass. Okay, so you're the only one who ate the soup. I guess so. Yeah. Okay, so make a Constitution save. Oh. Hey, oh, oh, you were so proud of not drinking. Now look. Twenty. Oh. Twenty. Wow. Okay. Uh, so you take a sip of it and instantly you can tell that uh, it has it's lukewarm and you can tell that it's the kind of lukewarm that means that it's been cooked possibly days ago and left sitting out. Um, so you discreetly just like spit back your spoonful <laughs> into the spoon and put it away. Um, if you want, you can warn the others. It looks like they're not that interested in drinking it anyways, but you can warn the others because you can definitely tell this is badly off. Yeah, guys, the soup's no good. Noted. The wine is very good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so the rest of you are drinking, uh, Cornelia and Sebastian, you're drinking heavily, so both of you make constitution checks as well. Uh-huh. 
12. 15. Okay, both of you handle your drink fairly well. Ha <laughs> <laughs> We clink glass. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you pass the night uh, relatively restfully. So uh, the cramped quarters uh, aren't too much of an issue for you, given how tipsy that you've become. Uh, and so you sleep relatively uh, well. Joy, um not sure you do. Make a will save to see how you sleep. Sit. Nine. Nine, sorry. Nine. Okay, so the wine helped a little bit. Um, but you don't end up getting very much sleep. And the next day you're quite bleary eyed and you're still, because your sleeping quarters are on the second floor, there's it kind of, the boat sways a little bit more in the water and rocks back and forth. Uh, there's definitely a couple of things in your room that are rattling constantly. Uh, and there's a drip of water that's coming from above. So it's definitely not river water, but there's like a steady drip of water running down your wall. That's just making you nervous the whole night. Um, so yeah, you're going to get disadvantage to some checks because you you haven't slept very well. You maybe slept snatches of half an hour or something like that. Okay. And the next morning, um, you are served leftover fried fish for breakfast. <laughs> uh, and how do you choose to spend your morning? You're now well outside of any um, visible civilization. Uh, so all you can see around you are the banks of the river and the expanse of the river in front and behind you. Cards. Yeah. Mm. Cards. A, a yeah. game of cards with whoever will play with me. Yeah. Uh, so you look around the dining room, which is where a lot of the various sundry things have been stored. Uh, Salah is walking through with a mop in hand, trying to get to a spot on the deck where Rose uh, dropped a glass of wine the day before. <laughs> um, and as you do that, uh, he notices that you're looking for something. And he looks at you in, with a scowl and he says, what do you look for? Cards. Deck of cards. <sighs> Somebody to play with. He puts his cigarette in his mouth and uh, puts the mop to one side and starts rifling through uh, some some personal effects and, and various things on the dining table, muttering to himself. And eventually he finds an oily, crumpled pack of cards and shoves it towards you unhappily. Thank you. <laughs> I smile and walk away. Uh, he, he runs his hand through his oily hair and goes away uh, without without saying anything in return. Nice fellow. I like him. <laughs> uh, so, you're trying to find someone to play cards with? Yeah, Sebastian? just wandering around the, the ship, I'll join basically. you to play cards. I'd like a distraction. Okay. Mm. Cornelia, what do you yeah, do? Yeah, I'll join that. Dorothy? Yeah, I'm in. Okay. Make it interesting. <laughs> what are you playing? What you got? <laughs> Snap. <laughs> it's the only card game Sebastian knows. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you start whiling away the morning by playing cards in the deck, and your thoughts start to wander as you take in the slowly drifting landscape of Egypt's hinterlands. Uh, you fancy you can make out strange obelisks just dotting the horizon, only to see them come into full view as gnarled, bare trees whitened by the sun. Busy flies are harassing you now as you try to get through your card games, and swatting them away starts to become reflex. Then suddenly you notice their attentions cease, and you are left for a moment with just the thrum and chug of this boat's steam engine, and the full wet sounds of the river slapping against the side of the boat. Then with a keening whistle, a blast of hot air and sand overwhelms you and you can no longer see anything, daring not to expose your eyes to the storm of particles that are suddenly manifested in the air. 
make constitution saves, everyone who's on the deck, which is all of you. 18. Jesus, three. Two. Eleven. Okay. Uh, Joy, you manage to grab a shawl as quickly as you can and wrap it over your face, which prevents the worst of it. You take one point of damage. The rest of you take two points of damage. Um, You've never... I'm not sure any of you would have ever been in a sandstorm before, uh, but it's extremely painful. You You can feel just the sand slicing into your face and any other exposed skin. Uh, Rose and Harold, you can't see where they are, but you can hear Rose wailing in distress. Uh, so none of you can open your eyes without exposing them to the sand. So how do you want to play this? I'm going to scream. <laughs> That's how I shall play this. Ah! It's the end of the world! <laughs> ah, it's just like my dreams! <laughs> I would like to also scream. Mm-hmm. And um I'm just rolling around and then I'm just gonna grope (laughs) blindly to try and find the way back um into the ship itself. Yeah. Okay. Dorothy? I think I'm just huddled like I'm gonna get low on the floor. What no screaming? I'm gonna choose not to open my mouth to all the sand. I'm just gonna kind of yeah, like curl in on myself. I think that's my plan. Okay, and Joy? Um, so I wrap, tie the shawl around my head, mm-hmm. um, almost like a blindfold, so that my eyes are closed, and I get down on all fours, and I start trying to feel my way back into the cabin to shelter. Great, okay. I try to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, Dorothy, uh, you make a constitution save at advantage because you're curling up and trying to protect yourself from the sand. Sixteen. Sixteen. Uh, Sebastian, you make a perception check at disadvantage because you're standing up and trying to flail around to try to find your way back in. Three. Three. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> so Dorothy, you take one point of damage from being exposed to the sandstorm for another round. Uh, Sebastian, you take two points of damage as you're kind of flailing around and you lose your bearings even more. Uh, you feel like you might be progressing towards the edge of the of the deck Uh-oh. and towards the railings, um, but you're not quite sure because you think it might just be the sway of the boat at this point. Uh, Joy, I'm going to let you make it neither at, at advantage nor disadvantage because you would have disadvantage because you're really tired, but you've managed to tie... Um, the scarf around you intelligently, so make a perception check just normally. Twelve. Okay. And uh, Cornelia, what were you doing? Also trying to grope your way yeah. around it. Okay, make a perception check as well. Perception um, check, okay. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, so both of you um, take one point of damage, but you found your way closer to uh, the interior of the boat. Okay. Um, you estimate, they can't be very far, you estimate you'll have to do that one more time to get inside. Okay. Uh you can still hear Rose Clifford wailing. And Harold, you can hear more clearly as if he's closer, but he's asking after Rose. He's saying, Rose, where are you? Are you all right? Dorothy, what do you want to do? I mean, I don't particularly feel any better equipped at this point to blindly flail around in the sandstorm than I did <laughs> a second ago. Um, and I also... I don't, what else can you do? I, get, I mean, wait for it to... I, I mean... 
just want to wait for it to pass, I guess. I'm definitely not going to be a goddamn hero for Rose Clifford. I think I might try to, because um, it's, it's a deck, right? Like, mm-hmm. when we were on the deck, mm-hmm. I think I might maybe just roll, if I, like, just roll towards the, to get closer to, um, like, the, because it's, there's like a, there's a, a, a barrier, right? Like, I'm not going to roll off the ship. No, yeah, there's railings, yeah. Yeah, so I think I might... Just start rolling towards... Is there, is it, is it closed or is it like a, just a railing? It's a railing, yeah. So it's not like a, it's not solid. It's not solid. Oh, okay, then I'm not going to roll that way. That wouldn't help. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just staying where I am. I don't... Feel, Fair enough. Yeah, I just feel like she's not... She's Make not another constitution save. Advantage. One. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven. Okay. Uh, so you take... What's your constitution again? Uh, yeah, you take two points of damage this time. Um, the, the, the sand is really weathering against you, and you can feel it making thousands of little cuts on your on your hands as you're trying to keep them over your head. Uh, Sebastian. So... You're still standing. I want to try to open my oh. eyes. Okay. Um, but like with my hand sort of covering my face anyway, kind of instinctively, okay. looking down at the kind of uh, the floor. Of the okay. Of the uh, make a dexterity check. Eight. Okay, so you try to place yourself. I do have an athletics? I don't know if that. Uh, not right here, but you do. Uh, you, you try to place yourself in relation to where you can feel the the wind and the sand is coming from. And uh, you manage to to get an insight just by looking at the the direction of the floorboards and the deck by looking straight down uh, into where the interior of the ship might be. Um, so you can make a perception check now with advantage. Okay. Sixteen. Uh, Sixteen. All right. Great. So you you know where you're going now, and because you're standing up, actually, you can get there uh, in one in one round just by stumbling towards it as quickly as you can. Um, can I see the others? Uh, you can't because you're looking straight down uh, and now you know which way you have to go but you can't make out the visibility is almost zero with the amount of sand that's around Um, you have a rough idea of where everyone might be because you were just playing cards uh, together but yeah okay so Cornelia Uh, yes same again man yeah perception check go for it 16 16 okay yep you are now inside you managed to scramble your way inside taking Mm -hmm. one more point of damage then And joy. Okay. I continue trying to go for it. Eight. Eight. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, you haven't made it inside. You take one more point of damage, um, but you got turned around in the sand. Uh, Cornelia, though, you can now see Joy. Uh, okay. She's maybe five feet out on the deck, just kind of rolling around. Follow the sound of my voice. <laughs> I'll say that to all of them. So I'll, I'll just keep wailing so that they can hear. Me. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm safe! Ah, I can hear the screamings of the demons themselves! (laughs) Okay, uh, Dorothy, uh, now you can hear Cornelia wailing. So I'm going to follow that sound. Okay, Uh, so relatively straightforward, uh, to just follow, go straight towards the the source of the sound. You take one more point of damage from going through, um, and so do you, Joy. You were inside already because you stumbled towards it. Uh, so now you're all in the interior uh, of the ship. 
uh, of the steamboat rather. And just as the last of you gets into the dining room, uh, and there's still sand billowing in, but you manage to to get behind basically the the metal bulkhead, so that none of it is hitting you. You hear a loud splash, and then Rose's wailing ceases. Oh, oh dear. Well. i race towards the is it coming from the other side of the boat uh you can't tell the direction that it's coming from it's kind of all swirling around they weren't with us on the deck were they no no they weren't with you uh harold you can hear he's still wailing he's on the second floor and you can hear someone it sounds like jean salim's voice who's talking to harold trying to calm him down you can't quite make out what he's saying do we have any idea where the splash came from? Basically? It came from the back. So you okay. were at the deck at the front of the boat and it came I from the back. I made my way towards the back then. Okay. I mean, I'll follow pessimistically. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think she's gone. I mean, the, there's still a sandstorm going on outside, right? Yes. So do you take? Do you make any preparations to go back out into the sandstorm? <laughs> you just we'll see if there's like a rope or something. <laughs> Uh, yeah, of course I make preparations. I put my jacket over my head. <laughs> New problem. I, Gonna be um, fine. I hand him my silk shawl. Take this, Sebastian. <laughs> now hardly seems the time. Oh, I see. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so you're going out on your own. And to Joy, Cornelia, Dorothy, you're all... I'm not going out there. <laughs> oh, definitely not. I am nearly dead. So... Okay, great. Uh, you start heading back out into the sandstorm towards the back of the ship. Uh, the sides of the steamboat are actually covered, so they have some shelter from the sand. Uh, so with the combination of that and your jacket... And uh, a shawl. And a shawl. <laughs> uh, you don't have to make a save, you won't take any damage, but as you get towards the back of the ship, you have to go back into being fully exposed to the sand again. Uh, so once you're there, uh, make a constitution save. 15. 15, okay. Uh, you manage to avoid all damage using the uh, jacket and shawl as, as shielding. Excellent. Um, and, you, and you make your way towards the, the paddle engine of the mm. steamboat at the back, which is still churning away. Do you look down into the water? Yes. Make a perception check. Four. Four. <laughs> um, unfortunately, you can see nothing. Uh, the sand is far too, too thick um, and the visibility is just is completely blocked out. Uh, it was Rose that we were assuming. Yes. Uh, I say, Rose! <laughs> Rose! Okay, you think you might be able to hear some kind of indistinct splashing, but it, if, if it is Rose, it's quite far down the river and you might just be imagining it entirely. Uh, at the sound of you calling out Rose's name, you can hear Harold back on the second uh, story of the ship wail um, in... in in preemptive mourning as he's sobbing loudly now. Can okay. I do, like, in, an intelligence check against myself? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to talk yourself out of? Jumping into the river. <laughs> you will die. <laughs> okay, go for it. <laughs> that would be a nine. Nine. Okay. Did um, you win? <laughs> so the rest, mean? the rest of you are in the dining room, right? Uh, Jean Celine comes rushing down. There's an interior set of stairs which he's been taking to get from the second floor down to the dining room, and he looks around and he says, "Have any of you seen Rose?" Uh, 
Nope. <laughs> Owl, these belly ups that we need to find was straight away. At this point, uh, you hear another splash from the back of the boat. That's probably something else. <laughs> he wouldn't have... No, no. Even Sebastian wouldn't have jumped in. Beneath our heroes, in the deep, weighty darkness of the Nile, Batrachian creatures and smiling reptilia drift and dance through fetid plant life. Gibbous eyes stare placidly in the murky silence as the flailing bulk of Sebastian St. Battenberg struggles against the oppressive force of the river and the relentless chopping of the Nubia's paddle wheel. Suspended in a cold obsidian nightmare, Sebastian screams and no one hears a sound. You've been listening to The Tomb of Oresnufis, written by Giorgio Mariani and produced and edited by David Knight and Tom Dalling, with music by Jonathan Day. Starring Eleanor Kohler as Dorothy Taylor, Maximilian John as Cornelia Cavendish, David Knight as Sebastian St. Battenberg, and Charlie May as Joy Dutton. I am Giorgio Mariani, Game Master. You can follow The Infinite Bad, as well as our other podcast shows, on Twitter at Human Definitely and support the production of this series on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash definitely human. The Infinite Bad is a definitely human production. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.